Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Liz Aldridge. Liz is the manager of client services at Apostle Tech, a firm specializing in Salesforce CRM implementations and marketing automation integrations. Today, Liz talks about managing a remote workforce and the challenges of work-life balance. Liz discusses how to navigate the challenges to support your team and your clients effectively, the importance of setting expectations in the workplace and at home. Liz discusses how Apostle Tech manages its remote workforce and maintains connection and how the company has helped its customers foster growth and better manage connections to customers and employees. Welcome to the show, Liz. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Sure, let's get started. So Liz, you have an amazing, successful background in technology. Can you share with us how you got started and then the journey that got you here? Absolutely, I'll try to bore you with too many details, but um, <laughs> in general, I actually began my career as a wholesale energy analyst for a large energy, energy retailer in Houston. After kind of moving through the operational ranks, I had the chance to start working with Salesforce about 10 years ago, and I just gradually realized that I was enjoying the Salesforce portion of my job significantly more than the energy portion of my job. And so I began really focusing on learning that system and the technology platform, getting certifications, and then eventually realizing that I wanted to find a role that was more closely aligned with that, that interest. So I took a a brief break from work after the birth of my second child, and then I was fortunate enough to be contacted by Apostle Tech regarding a role that they had open in their Salesforce consulting organization, and from there, the, the rest is history. Wow, that's great. Um, it's nice to, you know, kind of have technology fall in your lap, and then you realize you had an aptitude for it, and you loved it. Oh, absolutely. I you can ask anyone in my family. I don't think anybody saw that coming. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, even sometimes still with my Android phone, I need a little bit of help. But Salesforce seems to be intuitive enough that I, I can make my way. That's great. That's great. So your experience lies in Salesforce implementations and marketing automation. Tell us a little bit more as to how companies are using it and uh, what a typical day looks like for you. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, my previous background in industry focused primarily on front and back office operational effectiveness. So as part of those roles, I was actually involved in internal CRM implementations. And I very quickly realized how impactful a well-designed CRM can be, not only for internal resource utilization, but also the overall customer experience. And on the flip side of that, if you don't have a well-designed uh, CRM system, what a 
a negative impact it can have in terms of the amount of wasted time, wasted clicks, frustrated customers, and all those things that from a tech side we really don't want to be dealing with, and from an operational side as well. Um, so upon moving to Apostle Tech and seeing the other side of the coin, that really just continued to become even more apparent to me. You know, companies are investing a significant amount of resources into their CRM systems or their marketing automation systems. And especially now with remote work in the pandemic, I think the importance of making sure that these systems are working the way we need them to work has become even more apparent. Uh, I've really you know, personally enjoyed working with our clients to map out their unique processes because even within the same industry, everybody does things a little bit differently and you need to be able to have a CRM or a marketing system that is configurable and able to meet your specific business needs. You know, understanding the challenges that our clients are facing and then working with them to kind of design that customized solution that will fit their needs most effectively while also being cognizant of their budget and timeline. I think we can all agree these days, especially that the last thing anyone wants to do is an extra button to click, a field to fill out. Um, I know personally now, if, if someone's asking me to fill out an online form, if there's more than five fields, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is the form I want to fill out. So mm -hmm. making sure that we're able to, to give that to our clients you know, has definitely, I think, been one of the things that I've really enjoyed um, in this new role. I love that you're thinking about the customer as well, because, you know, as a customer and consumer of services and products, when I'm calling into an organization or a company that sells something, um, I really expect them to know me if I ordered before or, you know, any any types of uh, specifics that I've given them already. So I think it is very, very important for your customer service to have a good CRM implementation and make sure that the company that you're using is thinking about the customer experience. Oh, absolutely. You, as you were saying, personally, I know if I talk to one person and they ask me for my account number and then they transfer me to someone else who then mm -hmm. asks me for my account number, there isn't a faster way for me to be frustrated, right? So right. I think we're really trying to, and you know, at Apostle Tech and hopefully any sort of implementation vendor is thinking of putting ourselves in that customer's shoes to be like, what do I want my experience to be? And make sure that those are the kind of systems that we're building for our clients, because we might be their customer one, one day, and I want to make right. sure that if I'm calling in, I get the experience that I wanted, especially if I'm the one that helped build it. That's great. That's great that you're thinking about it from that perspective as well. Um, so with the pandemic, remote work has become commonplace. Obviously, we're finding that most people don't want to go back into the office. They find that they can be even more productive at home and still uh, save the commute and, you know, um, have more of a work-life balance. What are some of the challenges of managing a remote workforce? Yeah, I think you know, being in technology, I'll say this may not be quite as big of a change for us as possibly other industries, since we tend not to be as technology adverse mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I've worked remotely for six years, and I know Apostatech has been fully remote since 2019. So, we were all kind of remote and used to it prior to the, the pandemic really kicking off uh, anyways, but certainly there are some changes and I think some unique challenges when it comes to managing a remote workforce. For me personally, I think it probably boils down to three things, which would be engagement, flexibility, and an empathy. From an engagement standpoint, it just takes more effort 
to make sure that your team feels engaged and supported because you aren't going to have that face-to-face -face interaction on a regular basis. I know on my team at Apostle Tech, one thing we try to do is make sure we incorporate sort of team building or just honestly like funny things into our mm -hmm. standard meetings. We have a question that we go around and answer on our Monday morning calls. This Monday, it was the three apps you would have to keep on your phone if you could only have three apps, which turned out to be a very controversial topic for a Monday morning <laughs> with a bunch of tech people. Um, I learned a lot of new things about my team on that one. Apparently, Reddit is a lot bigger of a thing than I realized. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, on our daily scrums, we share random fun facts at the top of the call to just start off on a quirky note, um, you know, just to kind of give everybody a laugh and also to allow us to get to know each other a little bit better about something other than work. So um, you know, we also, you know, are really blessed in that we do in-person quarterly team building events. So um, we make sure that we're spending time together in person when we can for people on my team that live out of state. If they're able and amenable to traveling, we'll have them come fly in. I know in December, we're gonna be racing some exotic cars on a racetrack, which we're yes. all very excited about. Um, so we definitely are trying to, to spend those time and resources to make sure that people feel engaged because you don't have that water cooler talk anymore. You're not going to pass by someone in the hallway and catch up about your weekend for 20 minutes. So it does take that extra effort, I think, especially as a management team to make sure that people feel that you care about them as people and not just about the work that they're producing. So I think Engagement is really important. Another one for me that's really big as a manager and, and always has been, regardless of industry, is, is flexibility. I think you need to trust the people on your team to do the jobs they were hired to do. And you know, life these days is a bit hectic. We all maybe need some grace to take a mental break, go on a walk around the block, do what you need to do to stay healthy. And I think you know, at Apostle Tech, one of the things that I love most is that we really give each other the space we need to work and also to step away if you need to do that. And it all really comes down to that trust and open communication that then are that fundamental part of giving your team the flexibility they need to have that successful remote experience. You know, I'm a mom with two kids under four that are now perpetually sick now that they started preschool. <laughs> I have a puppy, you know, that recently started chewing on my baseboards. I've got a husband in sales. I know that sometimes it's important to be able to sign on in the morning to get quick break, take one of my kids to urgent care. Maybe I have to go to the grocery store and pick up cupcakes for something, you know, and then I know that I can sign on in the evening when I have work that maybe needs complete silence that I'm only going to get after 8 p.m. So for me as a manager, I feel like as long as I'm setting clear expectations and deadlines for my team and I hold them accountable, it's important for me to give the people the space to work within those parameters in the way that's best for them, which may not be the way that I would have done it. But if they're hitting the deadlines and hitting my expectations, I owe it to them as a manager to trust them to do the job that they've been given to do. And mm -hmm. I think that especially with remote work, that really does translate well into a better kind of cultural and, and team environment. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. And then lastly, I think, as with all facets of life, I think we all need a little empathy. Right now, it goes without saying that work environments, life environments in general, it just needs to be a bit of a safe space for the people on our teams. They need to know that they can share what, they're, what they feel comfortable sharing and that they're going to get the support they need from their managers. We're all dealing with stressors 
every day, everybody deals with things differently. And when you throw a global pandemic in, it certainly doesn't make anything easier. I think that if you can't be, give your team a little bit of empathy, you probably shouldn't be a manager in general, because at the end of the, at the end of the day, that's what we all need to give each other to make sure that they feel like they're going to be supported. So um, for me, those are definitely kind of the guiding principles that I have when it comes to managing a remote team. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I have a, a wonderful team of people here at Apostle Tech that I truly enjoy working with every day. And hopefully, hopefully they feel the same. That's great. I love the engage, the engagement, the flexibility and empathy. I think those are critical. Do you think you've always had those um, qualities in being a manager or were any of them learned over time? Because I know depending on the generation, some people might feel that this is really difficult to give their employees flexibility and empathy because they need the job done. They need to, you know, meet deadlines. I know you said as mm -hmm. long as they meet the deadlines, they, you know, they're great. But are any of these uh, skills that you had to learn in order to be a manager or did they come naturally for you? Oh, gosh, I wish you say those came naturally. But if anybody says that, I feel like they would be lying. Um, mm -hmm. No, I think it's definitely learned from experience when I, you know, I guess 12, 12 years ago when I first became a manager, I felt like I should micromanage everyone and that I needed to make sure that everybody did everything right on time, right? And I think right. some of that is a cultural thing from the organization that you're in. And some of it is first time managers, you feel like you have something to prove. And mm -hmm. I think I learned along the way that, you know, I need to be the kind of manager that I would want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I would not want to be managed that way. And luckily, over the course of my career, I've had some really wonderful managers that set that example and really held me accountable. And was like, Liz, why? Like, there's no need for you to be doing that. And your team isn't going to grow and learn by putting them in a box of, you know, and dictating how they do their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I think that some of it comes down to experience. Um, I've had some wonderful mentors and leaders in my career that kind of showed me those, um, you know, the way to be a leader even if, you know, whether you're a manager or not, and how to grow a team that feels appreciated and supported. Um, and then for me, at the end of the day, I always think of, if I was working for me, would I be happy with the way that I'm being managed? And that's really been a good guiding principle for me is to make sure mm -hmm. that I'm treating people the way I want to be treated, which hopefully we're all trying to do on a regular basis. But no, that's no great. it certainly did not come naturally. I, I wish it had, it probably would have been a little bit easier of a road, but I like to think we're all still learning on this on this journey that we're on. Yeah, I had to learn all of those skills because we went remote uh, about six years ago and um, it was difficult. It was difficult mm -hmm. in the beginning because I'm used to, you know, having everybody in the office, everybody's in their cube and doing their work and, you know, but over the years, I've learned that the people who are going to work are going to work no matter where they are. And the people who are not going to work are not mm -hmm. going to work no matter where they are. So 100%. we have to just get the right people, right? That's the main thing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. So what are your thoughts on the future of work? I think a lot of what you said really will, will be the future of work with more engagement, more flexibility, and more empathy. But is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope that is you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the future of work. I do think, again, there's going to be some continued level of remote work. 
um, in many industries, but especially in tech. And with that, I think the demand for effective tools to enable teams to work efficiently and effectively from home, clearly, as someone who works in that space, I'm very optimistic um, that this will continue to increase the demand for CRM and marketing automation solutions that you know, Apostle Tech and others offer. And you know, we are preparing ourselves for that growth. Um, I also think something that's exciting is that this will lead to hopefully growing career opportunities in general across the tech industry. Mm-hmm. You know, solutions like Salesforce and others are really moving to more of this click not code approach to their tech platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think this opens up the doors for more people to enter into the tech space without maybe feeling quite as intimidated. You know, it's no longer the idea that if you work in tech, you're going to be in a basement somewhere with headphones on working away from the left of the company. I mean, I guess unless that's what you want. But I think, you know, tech teams now, they have spots on corporate leadership. We're on the front line of building out growth strategies. We're influencing sales and sales techniques. We're building out the customer journey roadmaps. For me, this is something I find really exciting because I feel like 10, 15 years ago, that is not what tech was doing. And now Mm -hmm. it really is one of the driving forces of, of all companies and their growth strategies. And for me, I think it's something that we're, really lucky to be a part of and that I hope to see continue to grow. Yeah, I think tech has really taken a leap into business and the two are intersecting quite a bit and you can't have one without the other really um, because everything is technology based, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk work-life balance. So, you know, I find (laughs) that now that I work from home, I think I work twice as much because there's no commute time. There's no in between uh, work and dinner time. (laughs) I just sit at my computer all the time. So I'm not a good person to ask what are some best practices on uh, work-life balance? Have you come up with any that you've set some boundaries that have worked well for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, (laughs) as much as Instagram would like to have us believe, I really think the best thing to realize about work-life balance is that most days there won't be any sort of balance and that that's okay. I know personally, I try to focus more on making sure that I'm prioritizing the right things and spending my time in areas that will have the greatest impact either to my team, my clients, or my family. And to do that, I think you just have to understand what those priorities are. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're creating boundaries for yourself at work and at home, and then be flexible with yourself and realize that not every day is going to be perfect. I mean, just yesterday, you know, I took took the day off because it was my son's birthday. I took him to mm-hmm. the aquarium. It meant that today I knew that my work day would be a little crazy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I asked my husband, he was on kid duty this morning. He got everyone dressed, fed off to preschool because I had, you know, a million emails that I mm-hmm. needed to respond to before my day, quote unquote, started. So yeah. I think, you know, it's going to be different for everyone, depending on where you are in your life and what you choose to prioritize. But I think that's that's what it comes down to is, A, Instagram is lying to us all. There is no such thing. And mm-hmm. so you just have to make sure that at the end of the day, you're prioritizing what is going to give you personally the biggest return and value on, on what you're investing your time in and try to find that balance and recognize that some days you might not be the best wife, mother, individual, but you got all your work done. And maybe that means you're going to take a half day on Friday and flip the scales the other way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I just try to give myself a little bit of grace there. But um, there is there is no balance as far as I'm concerned. It's a moving target. I agree. I agree. I, I really what I 
think about when I think about work-life balance, it's more of a blend, you know, I mean, there Mm -hmm. might be a Friday afternoon, you have to take your kids to the doctor, or, you know, you have to take a day off to do something, you know, or just a mental day off just to relax. But it all blends in. You kind of have to figure out that that correct blend. Um, balance is kind of a tough word, I think. It is. It's a bit of a misnomer. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think especially as women, we have, I feel like there's a mental load of all of our to-do lists all the time. Not to say that men don't have this as well, but I know, you know, women I mean, have it more. Yeah, because we I multitask like we so bit, much. Let's be honest, yep. right? you know, I'm putting together yep. my Instacart order while I'm you know, signing in for a conference call in the morning and trying to Mm -hmm. remember, figure out the time I can schedule it in between other conference calls so that the doorbell doesn't ring and my dogs don't bark while I'm talking to a client. We're all doing that stuff. It's just, you have to find a way to make it work. And that is something that I think is definitely more challenging with remote work because there isn't that sort of finite, okay, I'm leaving the office and going Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Everything is there. And sometimes you have to stop yourself and be like, yes, I could sign on and do this work right now, but is that really something I should be doing with my time? Like I put Mm -hmm. in my hours today, I'm going to wait until tomorrow. And you you have to make sure that you're, you're holding yourself accountable to the priorities that you're setting. Right. No, that's great. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So being a woman in tech, what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? You know, as as cliche as it may sound, I think it comes down to recognizing that we deserve a seat at the table as much as everyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I come, I came from a male dominated industry in energy and then I moved into tech. So I think on my end, I've pretty much had that experience my entire career, which has helped in some respects. I also have three brothers, which probably didn't hurt when it came to kind of standing up for myself. Um, you know, but I, I also have had you know, amazing managers and mentors. I know in particular, I had a mentor named Janine who really helped me understand that in order to be a woman in a management position, it doesn't mean that we have to justify our opinions or ask for approval from peers or be afraid to be seen as bossy some days. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to be held accountable for delivering results, influencing strategy, you know, driving revenue just as anybody else. And we need to do what we feel we need to do to be successful in that. I mean, sometimes it's just little things, you know, making sure that if someone interrupts me on a call or cuts me off when I'm presenting a viewpoint, I'll stop them and ask them to let me finish before they start speaking. You know, it was definitely a little nerve wracking the first time I did it, but it definitely has gotten easier the more I've done it. And I think I have no qualms about it now, but little things, just recognizing that we we have viewpoints, they're valid, and we need to be able to share them and be held to the same standards as, as everyone else. Um, but, as, you know, aside from that, I try not to view myself as a woman in tech. I think I'm a, a member of leadership. I'm a manager in tech, and I need to be able to produce and provide my input just like everybody else that's on the team. 
That's great. And the confidence that you portray is really, really incredible because that's, I, I hope our listeners and specifically women will take uh, your words and really take them to heart and be confident because that's what we need in order to overcome challenges. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's, it's hard and it's not always well received. Right. Um, unfortunately, um, I think that some of that comes down to the culture of an organization. And to be frank, if I was working for a company that didn't give me that space to be myself and to contribute, I don't think I would stay there very long because I want to be in a workplace and a culture that values me as an individual and that values my viewpoint and gives me the ability to share it in just the same manner and respect as anybody else, regardless of gender or orientation or anything for that matter, right? I mean, I just don't mm-hmm. think that's ex- <laughs> not acceptable these days and ages for that to be a part of of a culture in, in, a, in a thriving workplace for me. No, that's very, very true. So um, are there any aha moments or lessons learned or some leadership skills that you've picked up over your career that you can share um, that, could be best practices or things that we should consider? Oh, gosh. I think that would be a bit concerning if I didn't have an answer to this one. Um, I'd have to say of all the leadership lessons or skills, there's probably, I'm going to say two that I think are maybe the most impactful day to day. And the first one, which took me a very, very long time to learn, and if I'm being completely honest, I still struggle with sometimes, is that just because you can do something, doesn't mean that you should do something. You know, delegating tasks to your team or just saying no, I think is what really separates a good leader from a great one and allows you, you know, that space, if you will, to have maybe some of that work-life balance and to also just like grow and develop and learn new things. And I think especially as some of it is maybe as women, we like to do all the things and make sure they're done the way that we want them to be done. But also as a manager, you want you want to make sure that the deadlines are met and that expectations are met for your clients. And sometimes you feel the need like, oh, well, yes, I could ask them to do it, but it would take twice as long. So I'm just going to do it myself. Right. But at the end of the day, who's that helping? Then I'm working on something I shouldn't really be working on. And I'm depriving my team member the opportunity to learn and grow and develop a skill that they probably need to develop so that at some point they can do it just as quickly as me. So it's certainly something I struggle with, but definitely making sure I'm delegating and doing the things that I should be spending time on and either saying no to other tasks or getting the people on my team to do them and giving them that opportunity, I think is is really important. Um, The next one I'd say is that you need to pick your battles. I've had a sticky note on my monitor. It might, it's probably been like the last four or five years now. And it just says, is this the hill I want to die on? And I refer to it on a regular basis. You know, not every fight it, is worth love it. <laughs> not every fight is worth fighting. And that is a hard, hard lesson to learn. Um, and these days I want to make sure that I'm spending my energy and honestly, like my political capital on the ones that are worth fighting. And sometimes you gotta let it go. And even though you know in your core that you are right and that if you fought the fight, you would win, it's not always worth it. You don't always have to be right. The job just needs to get done. And those aren't always the same thing. So for me, I literally have a note that I refer to on a regular basis that says, is this the hill I want to die on? And that has saved me probably hours of my life, if not days at this point, of making sure that I'm picking the battles that I really need to fight. 
I think you are spot on with both of these <laughs> leadership skills because I know for me, um, I've had to learn both of those. And I, the number one, I'm not really good at yet, <laughs> or it's a work in progress because it is for everyone, I think. Yeah, because, you know, it's like that's also a good leader that can get your hands dirty and you get in and you get stuff mm -hmm. done, but you have to find that balance. And, and, I've learned over the years, I'd be like, oh, I'll take care of that. And then I'm like, no, you take care of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And then picking your battles. So true. You can't pick, you pick on every little thing that happens because you lose your employees. You'll um, just lose focus. You'll be frustrated. You'll be upset. You won't, you know, there's lots of reasons why you need mm -hmm. to pick your battles. And I love, love, love both of those. So thank you for that. Yeah. So in closing... <laughs> Sure. And in closing, what comments or advice would you have for our listeners who are women that might be considering a career in technology? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. This is my first podcast. So I was very Oh, wow. Excited. That's great. You did amazingly <laughs> well. I'm so happy to have you. I thank you. I think my husband would agree that I enjoy talking. So I think this could be a good opportunity for that. Um, I'd say one last piece of advice. I think that we're all in this together. And if you ever feel like that's not the environment at the company you work for, it's okay to leave and find something new. Like you don't know anyone anything. It's still called work for a reason. And if you're going to be spending 40 hours a week at a company, you've got to make sure it's one that values you as a person that gives you the opportunity and the space to grow and that you enjoy working for majority of the time because life is too short to spend our time doing anything else. And I feel like sometimes as women in, in tech or any industry, really, you feel like, oh, well, I don't love it, but you know, they've given me so much. They've given me so many opportunities. I owe it to them to stay here and stick it out, right? Or you don't wanna bring some of that instability into your life. But at the end of the day, all of a sudden, then five years have gone by and you're still in the same job and you don't like the company you work for and the people maybe are getting on your nerves too, right? So I think, mm -hmm. You don't owe it to anyone except yourself to, to make sure that you have the career and the life and that you're spending your time on what you want to be spending your time on. And if that's not you, it's totally okay to pick up and make a career change. You know, I did that a few years ago, and I can say without a doubt, it was the best professional decision I've ever made. I love the company I work for now. I love the people. I love the atmosphere. I like the industry, you know, and it was a huge thing for me and my whole family but I'm so glad that I took that step and made that leap. Um, and now I feel like I really do get back everything that I'm putting in. So that's great. That's great. For me, that Very would be my one piece of advice. Say that about, you know, where they work. In fact, many years ago, I was looking for a positive work song and I could not find one. <laughs> I think was negative. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we really work hard to build a good culture and uh, make this a positive place. So it, there, there is, it's, it's a blessing and it's great that you love what you do and you love the company that you work for. And we want to create that atmosphere and culture every day, you know, for Absolutely. all. Of yeah, no, that's great. Well, Liz, it's been an honor and I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and hope to have you on a future show. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. 
Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.